Brown's a great user. Three bounces. Could have gone all the way. Went to Bruce. Oh, Bruce is marked. Bruce to set the G alight. Oh, he's got a little pulley in the ball there. And he misses a goal that he would normally kick. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Swans Big Footy Podcast. My name is Bonds. Joining me today, we have Yvonne. Hello. And Milky. Hello. Now, we are coming off one of the best wins I've ever seen. A fantastic, spellbinding, heart-stopping four-point <laughs> win over the Hawthorne Hawks, who just couldn't kick straight to save themselves, and that just made it even better. Milky, what were your thoughts on the game? My heart was in my mouth pretty much the entire time. It was great to see us come out with a lot of heart at the start, which was, you know, good considering of how that, you know, final went last year, but let's move on from that. But, you know, it was good to see us come out with some intent at the start and, you know, play really play really well. We held them back in that middle section when they really started to come back at us and to finish it off at the end was outstanding. Vaughn, what were your thoughts on the game? Oh my god, that game was, it was such a confusing and annoying game. I really enjoyed it in the first quarter. It was so heartening to actually see us come out and get a bit rough, get a bit physical. It was really, really great to see us just pressure and tackle and just do everything we couldn't do in the grand final. And in a way, it was just very bittersweet, but it was also very frustrating to see us completely go into a shell in the second and third quarters. I always I find it very funny that like obviously only one uh, one kick really would have been the difference between a loss and a win and in games like that it's so easy to just overlook the negatives and for me I thought that there were still some problems like uh, Pike didn't really play that good a game he looked absolutely cooked he's I think last week we were just praising him, but this week his work around the ground against Segler, it was just awful. Segler was the third highest fantasy points footballer for Hawthorne, and he was a ruckman. Like that, anyway, that just pissed me off. I don't know. I think I would like to rest Pike this week. Um, but he didn't really have a good game, but I guess we didn't really need him anyway. It's only Carlton. It, 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 yeah, exactly. It is only Carlton. Um, yeah, so. I don't know, Lloyd a few times was a little bit shaky. Like I felt like individually, Laidler, um, Shaw, they were all, there were some plays where it was a little bit questionable and it was really great of our midfield to actually go back and provide support. It was very heartening to see Jack, Hannah's, Parker running it out and that's something we haven't seen this year. Um, so, yeah, still lots of work to be done, but very happy to come away with that. And shout out to Gunston to Post, because that username is relevant once more. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a great shout out indeed to Gunston to Post. Um, on top of this, I really do want to actually point out a couple of fantastic performances over the weekend. Um, Sam Reid has really been um, picking it up in recent times, but... His performance on the weekend was superb. He was setting up goals, kicked a couple of goals himself, took some fantastic marks both forward line and in defence, and provided a bit of a chain in the midfield. Also, shanked one in front of goal, though. He did shank a bad one, but it's not a Sam Reid game without a mistake or two in there. Um, the other performance I do really want to give a lot of credit to was Adam Goods on the weekend. Really... Um, 
it's funny. We all wrote him off at the start of the year, but that seems to happen every year to Goods. He never starts off the year well, but it looks like he seems to be warming up at the moment. He took a couple of great marks on the weekend, a few contested marks, and one that should have been that was a weird free kick against him for throwing the opponent out of play. But his disposal efficiency, whilst it wasn't up there, he was genuinely trying to look forward to the play and trying to set up goals. I think he was in six or seven goal-scoring chains on the weekend, which is really good performance. Obviously, Hanabry was amazing yet again. He's been consistent all year. Jared McVay's last quarter was superb. His last five minutes were incredible. Um, Helped set up, uh, kicked two goals himself and helped set up the final one to Parker, who most players, when they seem to get a girlfriend or a new wag, seem to drop off in performance a little. But Bon, thank you very much. You're not keeping him up too late at night. So you're doing your job. You're doing your job. Well done. No, look, in all in all, it was a great performance. Um, Ted Richards as well and Heath Grundy, they had a fantastic game in defense. And I do want to have a very good laugh at Bruce. <laughs> How many goals was it he kicked in the end? Straight, but he still can't kick him under pressure. Oh, it's, it's actually... Oh, it's, it's funny. Have you guys actually watched the Clarkson Presser? Because he actually, like... There were no tears, but he was pretty much crying. Like he was caught complaining about the bad kicking. He was he was acting as though you know he was acting as though Hawthorne just threw away the game. And I can kind of maybe maybe see where he's coming coming from. But to actually say that as a premiership um, coach is just very poor form and not something I would expect. I think he just needs to get a punching bag because he's just. Yeah, his presser was shocking. But wait, 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 wait. When you say he needs to get a punching bag, couldn't he just use another civilian on the street? Or a wall? Yeah, but I was thinking one that doesn't result in rule changes that requires, what, players to jump on a bus 100 metres from the ground because that is the most knee-jerk reaction I've seen from the AFL for a while. Um, I also want to, back to the game, I really think that, Richards played really well as a third man up, especially in the first quarter when we were absolutely dominating. He was able to read the ball and cut off a lot of their kicks. Um, I also forgot to do one little shout-out. Shout-out to Rioli. Um, BT was absolutely nauseating to listen to. So for him to fumble in the last 10 seconds or so, that was probably – his one fumble is worth about 10 fumbles. Oh. That's pretty much right. Commentating in that game was the most biased thing I think I've ever seen in my life. It was deplorable, and I'm really annoyed that Channel 7 got to call that game because those commentators on Channel 7 are absolutely deplorable. Well, I was live at the game, and some Hawks fans celebrated every goals if they won the grand final over again. But um, hearing it on replay, you guys uh, were right. Like That was some incredibly biased commentary and I'm surprised that Twitter didn't pick up on it as well. Like a lot of the time when you have biased commentary, like let's say it's Collingwood against Geelong and they're fapping all over Collingwood, you get a lot of tweets coming in with 
in regards to the match saying like, come on commentators, you're going to talk about Geelong or something, but that didn't happen again on the weekend. And I implore everyone who listens to this podcast, next time we're getting a game like this, start putting the pressure on Channel 7, start tweeting them right on their Facebook walls. We want some more Swans talk that isn't about the Cola or Buddy Franklin. Or that, the academies. Yeah, that being said, if Buddy has a quiet game, the commentators don't really know how who else to talk about. I guess they do have Leroy Jetta, but oh, that's man. really about it. <laughs> actually, just on the tweets, I have a tweet from Titus O'Reilly. He actually did say, I wonder how much money the Channel 7 commentary team have riding on the Hawks. Sounds like a bit. There we go. More pressure. We need more of this. Come on, guys. <laughs> Get our act together. Let's start really attacking the Channel 7 commentators week in and week out. You never know. They may get Leroy's name correct for once. Next week, it'll be all about Malthouse as well. Won't mention us. We could be 60 points up at halftime. Look, we we don't need to talk about the game this week. We've already got it won. I don't care if McVeigh gets suspended for that hit, which I think he's going to get off about. But look, there's no need to worry about it. We can play our reserve side and we'll still win by 60 points. I know you're trolling, but it's very hard to actually take it as a troll because that's, you actually could probably play your reserve side. That's how Carlton are travelling. Thank you to the AFL for putting them on every single Friday night ever because that's exactly what I want to do, watch a team fumble basic disposals. So, honestly, Carlton have just been so appalling that Look, I I honestly would not be against resting some players if they have niggles. Buddy, Look, one of them. Pike as on well. your Friday nights, it's always best to watch a comedy anyway. You don't want to have a serious night after a week of studying. And I guess if you say, you know what they say, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Yeah. And I think a few Carlton supporters are crying. But Look, that being said, if any Carlton fans are listening to this podcast, I know you have a, you're the only team not to win in Australia this year, and that can be rather depressing. But do understand, you are the current New Zealand champion in the AFL. But we were the original New Zealand champion, and we're going to prove that this Friday at the SEG. It's not even going to be close. There's only one player I think can actually put their hand up from Carlton and be happy with themselves, and that's Cade Simpson. He's like, he's like the only player who's playing well and actually wants to be out there. Jota's been okay as well in patches. The question and by patches, about... I mean by like two-minute patches, but still. Yeah. He's, doing, he's doing all right, but he. He's, he's a bit old. He, he should. I, I personally believe he should have retired last year. Good on him for keep going, and he's still playing games and still doing re- pretty well, but I still think he should have retired Look, last year. I think the entire reason why Judd didn't retire last year is so he can have another game against Sydney and he can swap jumpers with fellow Joel Brownlow medalist Adam Goods. I, I know that's something I'd want to do. I'd love to swap jumpers with that sexy man, but I don't really <laughs> think I've got the profile to quite get there. Judd's got it a little bit to some extent. He isn't an Australian of the year, but dual Brownlow medalists, they do have a little bit in common, I guess. Oh, so just just back onto this Hawthorne game. Sorry, I just want to talk about this game because it was something a great I want game. to ask you guys. Last week, I will put my hand up to being very pessimistic. I tipped us. I'm I, awesome. Yeah, but you always tip us. That doesn't count. I tipped us. Yeah, but you were on the podcast. That doesn't count either. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had uni. 
I put my hand up and I apologize firstly to Adam Goods for doubting you. I'm very sorry. I know that Bond's already spoke about it, but I would just like to add that his class, especially um, that mark late where we where he marked amongst uh, three Hawthorne forwards and then set up McVeigh, that's a level of composure I don't think anyone else on our team has. And last week I said that his class and his quality still shines through and I stand by that statement. Um, another thing I really want to give props to, Lloyd being moved into the midfield. I thought he had a, for probably the last 10 minutes or so, I thought he had a fumbly game, which I already talked about. But when he actually moved into the midfield, he got it a lot more. He was so much more composed. He was very involved in the final few contests and I want to give a lot of props to him for that and also one more thing I want to ask you guys um Rampy and Gunston I was talking about that matchup heaps last week who do you guys think won if Gunston had kicked straight he would have won the contest but he didn't bad kicking's bad football I thought Rampy's rebound out of defense was pretty good on the weekend he didn't have too many clangers 85 percent disposal efficiency was involved in three scoring chains laid a couple of good tackles won a fair few one-on-one contests including a great contested mark i think rampy won it i'll say neutral i've actually i'll probably give it a slight edge to rampy because of gunston's constant postings but rampy also went at i think it's like 85 percent by foot yeah 85 percent, which is outstanding at the best of times uh and I wouldn't say Rampy's usually one of our best uses by foot, I wouldn't say. Particularly sometimes he always has one of those back circle clanger moments. It's just a classic Rampy, I guess. So I think Rampy had a really good game. Gunston was a bit off, so I'd give the chocolates to Rampy this time. The other player I do want to actually um, talk about on the weekend who I think had his best game for the year, not only doing a lot of niggling it around the ground and I've never seen a player play for the Swans piss off an entire side like that since Jared Crouch. But Ben McGlynn, um, hard at the ball, kicked a couple of goals, got an assist, um, 87% disposal efficiency on the weekend. He, he had a really, really good game. And I know, Yvonne, you would have been pretty torn because I know you're official with Luke and everything now, but McBain is really starting to pick it up with another gear or two. You know what? I actually thought he had a good game for about two or three quarters. Um, sorry, two quarters. And then I didn't notice him that much. Like first quarter, he was very in the action. He definitely got the better of Mitchell, in my opinion. But I know he was moved off Mitchell in the fourth quarter. But even the second to third, I thought that Mitchell was starting to get on top of him. Um, so, yeah, a, a bit mixed about him. But as you say, I, I am official with Luke now and I don't want I don't want any sibling rival not sibling, sorry. I don't want any team rivalry. <laughs> uh, McLean really set the tone early with the physicality on Mitchell. And when Mitchell wasn't in the game, we were basically dominating. The first and fourth quarters when Mitchell was on him in the first sorry, Mitchell was on him in the fourth and McGlynn was on him in the first, they're the quarters we won and that really big moments where we had it. When no one was really on Mitchell of the Sam variety that's when Hawthorne seemed to get on top. Wasn't like Mitchell? Wasn't Mitchell on him yep, in the fourth, Mitchell, though? Mitchell on Mitchell on the fourth. Yeah, and that was actually a really... It was a good game by Mitchell on the weekend. He did what he usually does for the first three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter, he um, 
actually was pretty solid in the lockdown role, which really is showing some of the versatility that they wanted him to gain in the reserves. So, yeah, well done to the coaching staff on that decision. Which which is probably not good for Craig Bird, who was the only thing he had over Mitchell was slight goal-kicking and tagging, and Mitchell's done two of those things in the past two weeks. Where do you guys actually see Mitchell um, for, uh, not Mitchell um, Bird coming back into the squad? Can you see him making it back in this year if we don't have any injuries? Not um, if we don't have any injuries. Unless Towers and Cunningham have just complete drop-offs in form, because those two are currently swapping for that 21st, 22nd player, and we want to play a smaller, probably more of a defensive forward then I think he would come in. That being said, even with um, Towers and Cunningham, they're very different players to Bird, and they've got, they offer a lot more pace. Bird is Probably very one pace. Maybe not Towers. Towers has pace. So he just doesn't really use it. <laughs> if you're playing Towers, may as well play his cocks. How do you say that name without laughing? <laughs> it took a great concentration. <laughs> Look I can't up. wait till he starts getting regular games. It's oh. gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be in Pun Central. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just on just on Bird, um like I it's funny that you say I actually think he's more valuable than Cunningham or Towers. Not as the sub though, so that's kinda where it is at for me. But he's an excellent depth player, but I just can't see anyone else in the team making way for him. Everyone who is plays a similar role to him is doing a better job at the moment and thank goodness for that but I mean Cunningham wasn't really he didn't really set the t- he didn't really have a super duper good game as a sub anyway and Towers really hasn't either so I wouldn't be against having Bird as a sub I, I just wouldn't be against trying that especially against a team like say Colton so I don't know something else to think about maybe I'd like to bring in Naismith for the game against Carlton. Rest Pike, he looked, like you said earlier, a bit cooked. But I think they could just be, just be general tiredness. So I'd like to see Naismith in again, give him a game against probably an actual one. Uh, particularly not against uh, Richmond's Ruckman, whose name escapes me, who just destroyed him in round 23 last year. It's going to be actually not very interesting this weekend against Carlton. It's going to be right boring. I can't honestly see the point in even previewing the match. I'm sure we're all going to predict us by over 60 points. Um, there will be a few outs as we are going to rest quite a few players. Um, Franklin looks like he that ankle injury may actually be serious, so I don't expect him to play this weekend. We may use goods as full forward, I guess, or along with Tippett and, yeah. Bring in Naismith for Pike, give him a rest. McVeigh will just take the one-week suspension so we don't risk any more. Bring in Bird, perhaps, just for laughs, I guess. I, I can't see the point in it. We're just going to win, and I don't find the match very interesting. Do you guys have any real thoughts on the game? I was actually just looking um, at who we play after Carlton because the reserves don't have a... They have a buy, so whoever we. Oh, so both the seniors and the reserves have a buy this week. Sorry. Both the seniors and the reserves have a buy this week. <laughs> yeah, but see, if if we rest them, I just don't want to come back against, say, you know, a finals hardened side, and be caught out. So let's see who we play the week after. We've got Gold Coast. We've got okay, yeah. So we've got about three buys in a row. 
we got Gold Coast, then we got North Melbourne. North Melbourne in Sydney or down That's in Eddie Melbourne? Had. At Eddie Hard. Should we just preview that game? <laughs> Skip Why? the Gold Coast game. North Melbourne are going to fold eventually anyway. It just seems pointless to talk about a team that's not going to exist in a few years. Merge with Hawthorne and officially move to Tasmania. Don't look, need to move much. Well, that being said, there is one thing we can actually mention about Carlton, and it's probably some good news. This is going to be the last time we're actually going to have to really put up with Mick Malthouse, who has been a constant thorn in our side for years. So that's a good thing. We should send him out with a nice 100-point defeat. Anything less than say 60 points and I think it'll be a loss in my opinion I, I'm all happy to accept listeners out there if you guys find yourself bored against Carlton just think that we are we start the game as minus 60 so we have to win by over 60 and that should maybe make it interesting that's what I'm going to be doing anyway look it's interesting if you look back at our game against Carlton last year actually I'm fairly certain we won the first quarter by like one point the second quarter by one point so I think it was like two, we were up by two at halftime, and then we kicked like seventy to zero in that third quarter, and then won the fourth quarter by like a point as well, which was really kind of funny at the time. But we still haven't put them away. Yes, we won that game by I think it was like seventy three points, but for three quarters there it was close. Only because the Swans didn't come out of anyway. Um, Look, that being said, can you guys? What are you guys ins and outs for this week? Who do you rest? I don't know, Milky, you go first. I need to think about it. <laughs> uh, my outs would be Pike. I'd rest Pike, definitely. Uh, Rowan looked like he had something going on with his leg. If he's not 100%, I'd consider resting him as well. And since uh, podcast regular Sir Swans isn't here, I would get rid of Shaw. <laughs> Even though Shaw had a um, crucial... Shaw had a much better game. And I think he'll still stay in. That was just a joke. So I'd take out Pike and potentially Rowan. Maybe McVeigh, if he does end up getting suspended, I'd keep Franklin in because I think we can play him into form this week. My ins would be Naismith and uh, maybe Hewlett, maybe Jones to come in for Rowan. See, so we just give them a, a try and start Cunningham. Hey, Cap. Vaughn, do you want me to go next or...? Uh, no, I'm I'm good. <laughs> um, I'm I'm still just very torn between playing the best team available and just keeping match fitness up, keeping momentum, all of that jazz. And I'm also I'm torn between that and also actually thinking about the year as like a marathon. Um, so I do see the point in resting niggles, especially if it's to someone like Buddy. So. I wouldn't mind if he is injured. I wouldn't mind Buddy out. Um, Ruck out. Sorry, not Ruck out. (laughs) Ruck isn't even a player. Um, Pike out and Naismith in. Um, Rowan, I don't think Longmire said anything about Rowan in his presser. I don't think it was mentioned, but I presume he'll be okay. So if he is fit, I think he should play. I don't think he had a very excellent game last week, so he can definitely find some form. Um, aside from that, there isn't really anything else. Maybe if any of the – maybe play goods as sub, give him a bit of a rest. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just not really sure what philosophy the team's going to take. If they rest players, then they'll 
there'll be three or four outs. If they keep the same team, then, you know, there won't be any changes barring McVeigh. Yeah, I sorry, I just got a yawn. I just can't even get excited about this game. It's, <laughs> this well, is going to come back and bad. bite us. You know what? Every yeah. single time on the podcast we have been somewhat smart-arsy about a game, we have just been beaten. Look, I am 100% confident that we're going to win this week. How confident? Would you would you bet your mod chip over this? Yes. If you if okay, if Colton win, you will make me mod instead of you. You will step down and let me take over. For Agreed. Good. Uh, I'll take that. There's no chance <laughs> for losing. Oh man, this could okay. not end well. Hashtag make fun mod. <laughs> it's a thing. Look, that being said, for this week. I think we're going to rest Pike. I agree with Milky. Um, looks like he needs a bit of a rest. He's been good so far this year, but we can't expect him to take 80% of the ruck load. I think we're obviously going to rest out um, a few others. McVeigh will be suspended probably cause, just because they can and there's only Carlton. I think we may also rest Franklin just due to injury. I'm expecting... Luke Parker to be out. Um, Vaughn's going to give him some serious chafing after their date on Thursday night and he won't be able to get up. Don't need to worry about it this week. You guys have a lovely night out. It is only Carlton. Um, into the side for Parker. I see Robinson coming in. He's been playing well in the reserves, according to reports recently, and I wouldn't mind seeing how he steps up at AFL level. Naismith in for Pike because... I, obviously, Ruckman for Ruckman. And Derek's isn't basically flying at the moment, which is quite a shame. I would have liked to see Derek's couple couple goals against Carlton. Look, that being said, apart from that, I can't really see too many players seriously coming in. Maybe um, Bird, as we were talking about earlier, come in and play as a sub. And if we do rest Franklin, we'll probably just keep Reed in a um, deep forward role and possibly bring in another midfielder like Hewlett. It should be a relatively easy win. I don't think we'll win by a huge margin, as we'll probably go out, burst out to an early lead and take our foot off the pedal just to avoid injury. So I'm only expecting us to win by about 50 points. Just want to quickly say something, actually. Um, Brandon Jack, he's completely fallen off my radar. I wouldn't mind seeing him in. Just because, what, it's been like a year since he's played or something? If Franklin comes out, let's just bring Brandon Jack in. Yeah, actually, I wouldn't mind that. Won't happen. Brandon Jack will probably never play senior footy, at least for the Swans, ever again, despite his brother being captain. He was supposed to be a small forward. Heaney has completely taken that role, and we've got more rotating mins in there anyway. Brandon Jack will not be at the Swans when his contract's up. After his contract's up. So then what's the harm in seeing what he has to offer? Like, I feel like Heaney, I don't know, Heaney's final, actual final position for me is a midfielder drifting into half forward. I don't feel like we have a small crummer. And as much as I love McBabe, I feel like there are definitely some attributes to his game that maybe, say, a Brandon Jack could come in and replace. I see what you mean, but I just I don't think Brandon Jack just has what it takes at AFL level. He's been never, hasn't been bad in the reserves until he got injured recently, though. It's also the kneeful. Like, it's not yeah, the, but, 
greatest reserves He's league. Still doing better right. than half a dozen other midfielders on our list. I think he's. I think he's just been passed, and I can't see Brandon Jack playing for Sydney again. Uh, I think he will have a serious injury crisis. I can't see him not playing again. I don't think he's as um as as bad as you make out. Personally, when he's played, he hasn't looked like he's been overwhelmed or anything. In my opinion, I just think there's there's just no place for him in the side, which is fair enough. But as I said, I don't think that um, Ben's role in the team is, you know completely, completely cemented. If Brandon Jack can come in and do a better job, it would add another dimension. I'll happily be wrong if he does come in and plays fantastic like that one game. I oh, think I doubt he'll Melbourne. come in, but it wouldn't hurt. Not even just any time in the year for resting players again or whatever, if he does come in and play a good game, I'll, and he, I'll absolutely wear this, but I could see him potentially doing it Everett, moving to a lower club and playing well because Everett's doing pretty well in, in Carlton, even though it's Carlton. Uh, or at least he's not doing Jesse White at Collingwood. But if he goes to like a St Kilda or even a even a Bulldogs or a Melbourne and does well, then kudos to him. But I not necessarily. I um, Membre hasn't done well at St Kilda this year. He's been I don't think okay. Anyone has done well at St Kilda this year? Oh, Josh Bruce goes okay. Yeah, he's he's played well. When we play against St Kilda, it's going to be us against Bruce. No one else. But anyways, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Swans Big Footy Podcast. My name is Bonds. Joining me today, I've had Milky. Hello. And Bonds. Don't say hello when he's signing up. Why not? I say um, good morning. Ha- have a good Friday night off this week. Should be a fairly relaxing night. Um, allow us to get rid of a bit of the heartburn that was built up from last weekend. Thanks and yeah, have a good one. See you later.